And I've got, I have got incredible news. We have been raising money for Frankie. And I've met Frankie when I was in Haiti. And uh, all of you know the story. And uh, this guy was part of our team as we went out and ministered to different villages. And, uh, and so when we got done with the, with the trip, he sat down in the living room and he shared his life with me and his wife. And his, his baby had not been born yet at that time. And, uh, and it struck me. I mean, it really hit me hard because this man who's serving God and trusting God and explaining to his wife all these years that the Lord is going to provide, the Lord is going to provide. Just hold tight. The Lord will always provide. And they have been living in a tent ever since the earthquake. And if anybody knows anything about the tents that they live in, they're not much. And, and so it was only supposed to get the, the people out of the, the city during the earthquake and give them a place that they can get out of the, the weather conditions. And, and they've been in it for over four years. And uh, when he shared that with me, it just struck me. It struck me so hard to my core, my being. I came back and I shared it with the church. I said, listen, what can we do to help? Well, I contacted um, Mission of Hope Haiti, and they said, well, you can help build his home. And so when I brought it back to the, the family of Rush Church and all of you, there's men that came to me after church and said, yeah, what can we do to help? Long story short, as of today, we are going to send them a check to finish his home. Praise the Lord. That was just, that was over $10,000 between the church and there was another family in this church that felt that this was going to be their giving for this year. And that was through Brad and Sarah. It's amazing what God has done. So we get to send it out. Starting tomorrow, we're going to send this thing off to Haiti directly to so all funds that you guys gave us. Don't go any ministration. It goes all directly to build his home. And I'm so excited. Um, they have found that the, these tents are actually deteriorating, and, and children, very small children, are going blind because of these tents. So his children will now move into a home, and they will be protected from all of that. So I'm so excited. Thank you, Rush. The Lord. Well, we want to welcome you. If you are a visitor with us today, hey, I just saw Alyssa and Mike. How are you guys? If you are a visitor with us today, we want to meet you. We want to get a uh, Rush bag in your hand that tells you a little bit more about our church and what our core values are. Rush stands for Relate, Unite, Serve, and Honor. We believe those are the core values of our church. And if we can do that, we'll be more like God. But we want to welcome you this morning. And uh, also, we want to let you know there's Wednesday night kids groups that are going on. So if you have a kindergarten through sixth grade, they meet over in the kids' church area. If you have a teenager, they meet right here. So 6 o'clock till 730. Um, also on Saturday nights is young adult group, which starts at... Seven. So if you are a young adult, we have something for you on Saturday nights here at Rush, 7 o'clock, best place you'll ever spend a Saturday night, I can tell you, in the presence of God. No other place I'd rather be in the church. But anyways, we welcome you. We had an awesome Wednesday night, New Year's Eve here at the church. Tom over there was our rockin' DJ as he did the, uh, what's that called? That's called, what is it, Deep House? Deep House, does anyone know what that means? Okay, it's the turntables where you <laughs> get the dance music going. So we had that set up over here. It was, it was rocking in this place. And we had some live bands and we had some challenges and, and someone won an iPad mini at the end of the night. And you know what was so awesome up about that? She was so grateful. She was like starting to cry. I mean, she was so surprised and grateful. That is so awesome to be able that God blesses people like that. So, and I prayed that we would have a winner on the first ticket. And guess what? We did, which we had tons of tickets when kids had left. So that was awesome. But this morning, we have a special treat for you guys. Yeah. All I'm right. love on them a little Pastor bit. Pastor Missy and Pastor Courtney, come on up. We have a special a treat a this morning, and we want to pray over them. They are going to be bringing the word to you guys today. God has put something on their hearts, has birthed it. Pastor Courtney, we don't get to see her too often. She is over in Kids Church taking care of teaching our kids about God, and that is the most important job here, I think, at the church is teaching our children 
about God and who he is so they can raise up to be men and women of God. And Pastor Missy just got her credentials, and uh, she is now doing the young adults ministry. And these two ladies, God has birthed something on their hearts, and they are here to give it to all of us this morning. So let's pray over them. Pastor Jim. I am, I am so proud of these ladies. And anybody else here, if God has called you into credentialing or into the ministry, they're, they're, ministry, when you get saved, it doesn't separate from what you do. Correct? Everywhere you go, you're, you're doing it. And I don't care what you're doing, if you're a teacher or you're, you're you know, factory work, it doesn't matter because Jesus is with you wherever you go. And there's others that God will call out of that, you know, what you've been doing career and get you into ministry. These two ladies feel that direction. And if you are too, I want to make sure that you understand that we'll do everything we do to help you in that direction. There's lots of things you can be doing for that direction. If you need, just talk about it. Maybe you're just not sure. Would you come and talk to us about that? Seriously, don't, don't each day go pie and not, without knowing that Christ calls you to that platform. Please don't say no, because there is such a thing as a belly of the whale, and that is not a comfortable place to be. So please, if God has called you, come talk to us about that. Let's pray over these ladies today. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, because as Paul said, there's nothing. He is nothing without the grace of God. It formed him. And Lord, we thank you for the grace of God that's over these two right now. Father, as they have come today to share something with us that God has put in their hearts, Father, I cannot wait to, to hear what you have to say through these two young ladies. Lord, thank you for their blessings of being here, part of our family, what they have done already. They have been used by you mightily. And Father, you're going to use them again today for us. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, would they feel totally at ease in this place and family. Let the words of the Lord come through them to transform our lives to be more like Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, me and Pastor Courtney are really excited to give you this word. Um, we wanted to, for the new 2015, we wanted to encourage you guys. Our title is to never, ever give up. Okay, never, ever give up. We are watching too many Christians walking away from God, saying that they no longer believe in God, or they're putting their call, they're called to do something, and they're putting the call of their life on hold, and they just don't want to believe it anymore because they just want to give up. I want to encourage you today that if you're a Christian, and if you believe you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, there's no, no such thing as a Christian saying, I can't. That shouldn't be in your vocabulary. You have the Holy Spirit. God's not concerned of how weak you are. God's not concerned of what you did in your past. He's not concerned that you've messed up yesterday. If that was the case, I wouldn't be standing here. I screw up every day. I'm not perfect. But God called me. And I just have to be willing. It's not by my own doing that I'm up here. But too many Christians are walking away. And I believe that they're walking away because they're so focused on their circumstances in life and not enough focused on the word of God. And I want to encourage you. And I'm going to tell you a testimony of me, too, of what, how I focus on my circumstances. And how, I don't know how many times I even have my best friends here. She could even vouch for you. I don't know how many times I went to her and said, I'm thrown in the towel. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. But I couldn't. There was always that Holy Spirit inside of me that said, you keep going. Keep going. The word of God is very, very clear. <clears throat> when we come to God, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it and say, you come to me, everything's going to get perfect. Everything's going to be smooth sailing. He doesn't say that. In fact, he says, he tells his disciples, and before he actually says this, it's 16, John 16, 1. says, I have told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. Before he said this to them, you know what he said? He told them, he warned them that when he, when he leaves, when he dies, the world's going to hate them. He warns them. If you go into chapter 15, he says, the world's going to hate you, but remember, it hated me first. Jesus was perfect. He did everything right, yet they spit in his face. They said he, he was casting a demon by a demon. They said he wasn't the son of God. 
They wanted to kill him. They tried to stop his work, God's work. But if Jesus would focus on the circumstance and not focus on who he was, on who the God of the Word of God says, he wouldn't have died for us. And we wouldn't be free today. But he tells him, he says, I have told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. He knew that if he did not warn them what was actually going to happen to them, that they were going to sit back and say, wait a minute, Jesus didn't tell us this. Why is this happening? My circumstance says this. And he was saying that this is the word of God. And, you know, it's not true anymore. So I'm just going to give up. He knew that if he did not warn them, they were going to focus on the circumstance and they were going to walk away. He knew that. So he warns us. He, he doesn't, God's not a liar. He's not a sugarcoater. He'll tell you how it is. I don't know how many times he would tell the disciples, you're going to go to this place, but guess what? This is what you're going to encounter. But take heart because I'm going to give you the strength. He tells you flat out. He's, he's honest with you. He doesn't say everything's going to be perfect. We put that expectation. Later on, he says, John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If you're a believer, he has overcome the world. You have overcome the world through him because you believe in him, because you have his Holy Spirit to help you to keep walking. It doesn't matter what your circumstance says. There's a lot of things in my life that my circumstance was, tell, was telling me, my circumstance was saying, you know what, miss, God's word's not true. It's not working for you. You can't do it. Do you not think I got those voices? You can't do it, miss. You pray for that person, they're not going to get delivered. They're not going to get healed. That doesn't work today. When you go speak, they're not going to listen to you. That's, that's a voice. If you get those thoughts, that is not God. That's a voice straight from the pit of hell. That's what it is. God says you have peace in me. You will have trials and sorrows. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You believe in him, you have overcome the world. Sonny said we are the light of the world. Jesus is the light. When he left, he put the light inside of us. So we're the light of the world. So guess what? When you go through a trial and a circumstance that it seems like darkness is overcoming you, it can't overcome you because you're the light. When you turn the light on in a dark room, does darkness cover it? No. The light covers the darkness. So this is what the enemy wants you to do. He says, you know what? I want you to focus on your circumstance. And I want you, and he, and during the times that we focus, when he gets us to focus on the circumstance, if he could get us to do that, do you know what the next step is? He, sa he says, you ain't the light. You're being overcome right now. You're speaking the word of God. It's not working. I guess it doesn't work. Do you know how many I, I have questioned if God was even alive. I have questioned if there was even a God in my life. Because it seemed like my words just wasn't, it wasn't working. And I even told God, I went to God one day. Listen, you could be honest with God. Can I say that? If you're mad at God, instead of walking away and blaming him, I challenge you to go to him and say, your word says this. This is what my circumstance is saying. What's going on? You're allowed to say that to him. He's not, he's not going to strike you dead. He actually invites it. He says in his word, come, let's argue this out. Let's wrestle this. He invites you to come to him. If you read the book of Jeremiah, they were walking away from him. And they were worshiping idols because they decide, well, I'm going to do my own thing. You're, you're not working out for me. You know what he said to them? He said, you didn't even ask me, where is your, where is your God? He didn't even say, you didn't ask where, where I am. You didn't ask me, the God that delivered you out of Egypt, where is he? You didn't even come to me. Instead, you walked away. He actually says, come to me. Tell me. Because the enemy wants to lie to you. The enemy wants you to believe that you can't do it. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Let me tell you. Remember when the youth conference, um, when the, I was in the room when the two boys got delivered. Um, and, and it was complete. I was in that room, okay, and I knew I was in that room for a reason. When I went in that room, can I be honest with you? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be real. I was scared. I'll be honest. I walked in that room, and I felt the whole, the whole room. It was crazy because when you, when you walk into a room and there's a presence of a demon there, it is not... It should not be scary, but to us in our own human flesh, we're like, okay, this is, this is beyond me. That room was freezing cold. 
That room, I was like, I'm not, and I was not feeling the Holy Spirit at that time. That room was freezing cold. I felt that presence. It was freezing cold. But what I saw after that was two boys got delivered. And I still look at them today, and I'm still amazed at the presence of God. Let me tell you something. When I walked after that, I will be honest with you. Because I was so scared, because I was focused on what happened in that room, I was focused on that and not enough on God. I actually st- I struggled a little while after that with anxiety and with fear. I'm not exempt to that. Just because I was in the room, just because, yeah, I became a pastor, just because, yeah, I know the word of God, and because, yeah, I do know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I'm not exempt to any of that. I I could, if I look at my circumstances long enough, I'll start questioning. If I question long enough, I'm even in danger of walking away. But God has taught me, Miss, you can't look at the circumstance. I, I actually, I remember going to Pastor Jill the next day, and I said, I'm really struggling with my mind right now. I'm struggling with anxiety and with fear. And, I've, and I, when I first got saved, I struggled with that for six years. And then I was like, I've been set free from it. She looked at me and she said, get mad. You have to get mad. Listen, not enough Christians are getting mad. They're getting mad at the wrong person. Too many Christians are getting mad at God himself, blaming him. God, why would you even do that? I actually had thoughts after that happened. How can you be used that way if you've been affected like that? And I know that's an area God's called me to be used in. And the enemy was trying to scourge me. If you, do it, you, keep, if you try to do that again, you're not going to be able to. You're not strong enough. Those were the thoughts going through my head. You know what God told me? Stop focusing on what the enemy's doing. Start focusing on what I'm doing. That's what God said to me. Stop focusing on what the enemy's doing. Start focusing on what I'm going to do. Because guess what? When I was in that room, in my own flesh, yeah, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have. But you have to understand, the enemy, he could change circumstances. He could do things. Look at Job. Job, he killed Job's family to try to get Job to curse God. He took his family and killed his family. What did Job do? Too many Christians are are cursing God today. Too many Christians are saying, you know what? I can't do it. God must hate me. No, the enemy wants you to think God hates you. He doesn't. If you get thoughts, you're not good enough. You can't go into God's presence. If you go into God's presence, this is what's going to happen to you. Do you not think I got that? Last week, Pastor Jim talked about praying is not necessarily speaking to God, but speaking with God. And I have a scripture before Pastor Courtney comes up that you could speak with God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9 says, We now have this light shine in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side but troubled, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. That's a way you could be speaking with God. I have pressed on every troubles, but guess what? I'm not crushed. I'm hunted down, but guess what? God didn't abandon me. If, if you've been, ever been a rejected in your life, the enemy wants you to think that you, you are rejected because he's rejected. It's not that God rejected him. It's that he rejected God. So when you have thoughts of, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, this is what I want to challenge you for 2015. And when Pat and she's going to do the same thing, stop looking at your circumstance. If you look at your circumstances, the enemy will convince you God's a liar. It will. But instead, you know what God says? Stand on my word and you'll see your circumstances change. When you speak the word of God, and when you stand on the word of God, listen, the enemy is relentless. He hates you. He will do anything in his power. If he could try to get you to walk away from God, if he could try to get you to not believe in him anymore, he doesn't want you in his presence because he knows when you realize who you are, when you realize the power that is inside of you, he can't stop you. And that's what he's scared of. He can't. 
you're not overcome. Instead, you've overcome him because of what Jesus Christ did. So stop looking at your circumstances. I want to I encourage you with that. When the enemy comes and says, why would you do that? Yesterday you, just, you did this. You messed up. I want you to at that moment, don't even recognize that the enemy even spoke. Instead, put your hands up to God and start walking towards God and say, God, I know I mess up, but I ask for forgiveness. And I know you washed it with the blood of Christ and you forgot that. When the enemy says, they're not going to listen to you. You're not going to heal the person. God's going to tell you to heal them. You're not going to heal them. God, I thank you that I can't do this on my own. But because you've called me to do it, you are going to heal him. Don't even recognize the enemy even spoke to you. Instead of recognize God and start thanking God for what he's going to do in your life. The enemy will shudder when you do that. I want, to be, I want us to encourage, and she's about to come up. I want to encourage you with this. If, any, if you're going to leave with anything, 2015, be the type of Christian that the enemy wished he never messed with. Oh, that was a good word. I need to apply that to my life. Shoot. <laughs> I am so privileged to have the opportunity to speak with you guys today. I'm usually with the kids. And so if I get a little crazy and get a little rant going, the kids will totally relate and understand and know what you're going through today. But today, um, I just want to leave you with something and want to challenge you that um, God doesn't want you to give up today. And in this room, I know there's a lot of people in this room, and how many of you have felt like, God, I just want to throw in the towel. I just want to give up. And today, we want to leave you with something that it's not over that you have more fight in you, that we want you to be encouraged and changed and uplifted. This isn't to condemn you, but this is to encourage you that you're not alone, that we are fighting for you, that today is just the beginning of what God wants to do in 2015. Today, we want to leave you with something that you can say, I got another round in me. I'm not done, that I'm not done dreaming, I'm not done living big, I'm not done, but that you would be encouraged to change the world. I tell the kids that every time, every Sunday, and they're like, oh yeah, Pastor Courtney, that's nice, but that's just for you. But I'm like, no, no, if I have to bring you myself, if I have to tie you all up and bring you and push you to change the world, you're going to do it. But you know what? They know they're going to do it because I tell them every single day. And so I want you to know that today... You're not facing your battle alone, but you're fighting with the Lord. And today there's a breakthrough that's coming because it's not little, because it's inside of you. And you might say, Pastor Courtney, I've, you don't know what I've been through. So uh, I told Misty that I have a word on my heart. And of course, I dragged her with her, dragged her with me. And I was like, you're going to do this with me because I'm not doing this alone. And she's like, all right, I'll do it with you, whatever. You're crazy, but I'll go along with it. And so I told her, I want to talk on never giving up. And so what did the enemy destroy me with this week is facing things that I never thought I would have to face. So this week, I faced doubt. I faced insecurity. I faced fear. I feel like every emotion that could be thrown at me this week the enemy knew and was like, I'm going to give you this and this and this and this and this and let's see if you survive. And so today I'm getting here and I wanted to look all cute because, I wanted to, you know, that's my thing. So <laughs> and I, I was looking for this white blazer, could not find it anywhere, like nowhere. And so that may not discourage you, but I was like, oh, come on. The one time I'm looking for something to look nice and I can't find it. And then I get in my car, ding, 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 ding. It won't start. And I'm like, come on. This has to be. And I keep trying. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. Because you know what I'm talking about today? Never giving up. And there was a time I was like, I'm just going to call it off. Just going to stay at home. It's better if I just go back to bed and start a new day. But you know what? I'm here. And God is not taken off guard by the things we're taken off guard with. When we get that diagnosis, diagnosis that we're not the healthiest or when we get that sign that 
you know what, my marriage is falling apart, or we get sickness on our child, or we face things growing up because we're not able to do things, I just want you to know today that you're going to do it, that God, that's not going to stop you, that's not going to define you, it's only going to make you stronger, and today, your breakthrough is coming, if me and Misty have to stand hours upon hours upon hours praying for you today, your breakthrough is coming, and it's right at that door. And so I want to challenge you to not give up, to not stop even when it hurts. And so I'm going to read, um, if you have your Bibles, to turn in Joshua 6, and I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's a little long, so just bear with me. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city and all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and the son to them, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city, and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpet, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The the armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram, usually went continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city and returned to the camp. So they did this six days. And so Joshua and his men went around these walls six times. And so do you not think once they were like, all right, why are we doing this? We get the same results every single day. There must be a point that we're like, okay, this is not working. Let's try something else. But you know what? Joshua knew that God has told him something. And he knew that he had a promise beyond those walls. And I want you to question, God, what is my promise today? What is it? beyond those walls that I can't see, that are blinding my eyes, that God has promised you today. Because there is one if you look deep. And so let's see what happens. But it came to pass on the seventh day, they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only they marched around the city, and on the seventh time, it happened. When the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord in the destruction and all that live in it. It hid the messengers that we sent. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed when you take up the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse. But all the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and the iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasure of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, and every man straight before him, and they took 
the city. And so I want you to know today that they didn't stop, that you might be, Pastor Courtney, it's my sixth time, and I keep going, and I keep going, and I keep doing the same result, and I know that God is calling me, and I know there's a promise above that wall, but I can't seem to get my feet to move one more inch. I can't see that promise. I don't know what you're talking about, and that's good, but I don't feel it. And that's good when Pastor Jim tells me to count it all joy when I face those circumstances that don't look the greatest. But what do you do when what you see is not what God said? That what you see is not what God said. When your finances aren't that great, but he's speaking on tithing and he wants me to give a little bit more. When Pastor Jim is speaking on joy and I leave depressed. When Pastor Jim is speaking on health and I leave the same. I still am unhealthy. What do you do when what you see is not what God said? And I want to tell you today that you keep pressing on. You keep beating down that door because your blessing is coming. Because that blessing is coming that you might not see, but God is building it inside of you because you're just not ready to receive it yet. Because your heart is not pure and it is not tender. And if he gave it to you now, you wouldn't look to him. You'd say, God, I got this. Because let me tell you, how many times has Pastor Courtney done this? And you know what? It got me nowhere. But once I beat down that wall and I beat down that wall and I beat down that wall, it led me right to Jesus. And so some of those things that may be stopping you today, that may be a wall in your life because it was one in my life, and I know I faced it over and over and over again. Maybe... Your wall that you've placed up is sadness. Maybe there's things in your life that are so sad that you're like, God, that is my wall. Maybe you even doubt that he even exists or that he can still do what he says he is going to do in his word. And usually when I doubt, I get angry Because it's not happening when I said it's going to happen. And I prayed the same prayer. And I listened. And I believe in his promises. But I just don't see it. That's when you get angry. Maybe you and your wife are facing troubled times. And it's divorce. You know, God never intended it. But things happen. And people place up walls. And maybe it's divorce you're facing today. Or maybe it's a sickness that won't go to what, go away. You know, my mom, she went through a lot of sickness this year, and she's okay if I share this because I know it's a testimony now, but she faced sickness every day. She had a wound that wouldn't heal, and we were praying. We believed. You guys prayed for her countless time and time again. Do you think she doubted? Do you think she got angry? Yes, but you know what? She never gave up. That wasn't an option to her. And you know what? She's healed now. And you know what? That made her stronger. Because if it doesn't make you, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Have you ever heard that song? Kelly Clarkson, my girl. (laughs) But maybe it's negativity today. Maybe you're so negative about everything that it's never going to get better. It's never going to, I'm never going to see that healing. I'm never going to see my finances get better. My marriage can never get back together. For me, it was anxiety. Last year was one of the toughest years of my life because the enemy knew where I was weakened. And if he knows where you're weakened, watch out because he's coming. Because he wants to steal something that's inside of you that God knows that's there. And so maybe it It's fear, because that's a big one facing our 
society. On the news, I hate watching the news because it's, they never, do you notice, they never tell the good things. It's always the bad things. It's always, oh, how bad are your walls? And maybe you have more than one. And maybe it's not listed here. But you know what? What do you do with that? When that's what you see. When the preacher is preaching about never giving up, but you want to give up. Will you do God's work even when you don't see the outcome? Because let me tell you, every time I preach back in kids' ministry and I'm pouring my heart out to them, I, there are times that I don't want to do that. There are times where I'm sure Pastor Jim and Jill know that they just want to sit here while someone else preaches, while someone else does worship. But you know why they do it? Because there might be someone in here that if they don't hear this word, their breakthrough isn't coming. And that if they don't preach that word, someone's not getting saved. And it's our job to push you a little closer, even when we don't feel it. So today, maybe you're supposed to do something and you don't feel it. And you don't feel the peace, but you know it's coming. And believe me, today it's coming. Maybe it's your sixth time going, God, hello, I'm here. Like, I'm praying, I'm following your word, I'm doing what you're telling me to do. But my legs are giving out and I want to quit. I just want to lay down and I don't want to do this anymore. That's when God rises up inside of you and says, keep going. There's more to give. You have so much more to give. Because the outcome is God's job. Our job is obedience. And believe me, that is hard. Because I want to do what I want to do. We're free creatures and God has given us free will. And we just want to do it ourselves and have it taken away and snap our fingers and God, you're supposed to answer that. But you know what? It's obedience. I think the strongest pastors are not the ones that can start a ministry, but the ones that can keep it going year after year after year after year. That's true faith because you know they've been tested. You know they paid the price and that they're... They paid to walk the walk they're walking. Say that ten times fast. And you're getting stronger as you circle these walls. Don't let those walls stop you. Because today, it might be your sixth time. You're like, God, I'm beating down this door. And you know what? He starts to take this away. And he starts to rip these things up because they're not needed in your life. And God, then you start seeing truly who he made you to be. And then you're like, God, what walls? What walls? Because they're torn down and it might be your sixth time. And it might not feel the best right now. And you might say, Pastor Courtney, I feel like giving up. And if this would just go away, then I can get on with my life. But you know what? Keep going. God has something better for you, something deeper, something on the other side that is your promise, that is promised to each and every one of you. And if you would just fight a little longer, run a little harder, get those legs going a little deeper and a little higher, and God is going to meet you every single step of the way. And you know what? Last night I felt like crap about myself. And I was like, God, what is this? Like, this isn't of you. And so I spent time with the Lord and I was like, God, I give this to you. Even when I don't feel like it, I give it to you. Because I know some of you, your stories in here. And I know the battles you're facing for your kids, for each other, for your spouse. In those times when you want to give up and you want to walk away. In those times when you're, you're fighting for custody for your kids. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep trying. Keep fighting. Keep believing. Keep hoping because it's your seventh time. It's your seventh time. Your health is coming. 
your wholeness of who you are. I just feel like if God, there have been people in here that people have told you who you are. And I've come to tell you that that's a lie from the enemy and that is not who you are. Your identity is in who God says you are. And so today, what wall is stopping you? It's under pressure that you're, you get to show what you're truly made of. Pressure cookers are so cool because you can set them and let them go and they'll cook your food in like eight hours and come home. And, but it's under that pressure that something truly beautiful is being made inside of your heart that it shows you truly who you are and so I'm going to play this video that really spoke to me and last week I played it and the kids like got totally a mess there were kids crying on the floor and amazing things happening and if you ever want to help me out I would love it right back in the kids' room. Let me know because amazing things are happening with these kids that I could go on forever, but I won't. <laughs> he finally pressed his lips against mine. No, no, no. That's not the video. <laughs> <laughs> stepped over the line the decision has been made i'm a disciple of his i won't look back let up slow down back away or be still my past redeemed my present makes sense my future is secure i'm finished and done with low living sight walking small planning smooth knees colorless dreams tame vision worldly talking cheap giving and dwarf goals I no longer need preeminence, position, promotion, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience. I am uplifted by prayer and labor empowered. My face is set, my grade is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my God reliable, my mission is clear. video totally changed my perspective and was like, God, I have so much more that I can give you because it says in Hebrews 10, 35 through 36, so don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere, preserve, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And so that verse to me says there's something coming that you're promised. You're going to receive what you have been promised because it's in the process of circling my problem that God prepares me for that promise. And so what's your promise today? What is that wall today that needs to go down? Because your breakthrough is coming. And today... You might need prayer for these walls to come down because maybe today is your seventh time circling 
Maybe you need the energy to keep going. Maybe you need your brothers and sisters to come around and say, God, I'm waving the white flag of surrender because I need you. Because if you don't show up, I'm giving up. I'm done. This Christianity thing is for someone else. But to me, me and Pastor Missy, if she can come up here, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you and the leaders of this church that you wouldn't give up today, that those walls would come down. And you say, but Pastor Courtney, what if they don't come down today? You keep going. You keep believing. You keep hoping. You keep praying because they're going to come down. They're going to come down one day, and you're going to be on the other side saying, I was worried about that. That was the wall. It's coming because I believe in this message and it's changed my life. Because every time a new wall gets up, I know that maybe this is the third time. Maybe this is your fourth time. But it's coming down today. You're going to get a little bit stronger you're going to get a little bit tougher. Your heart has hurt for the last time today because God is preparing you for the blessing. The blessing is coming. The blessing is coming. So get those legs up because we're going to go and we're going to run a little faster. We're going to jump a little higher. We're going to run a little faster after Jesus. And you're going to get a little bit bigger steps. Because God is fighting for you and you can't quit because your life matters too much. It matters too much to him and he's done too much to back away from it and to go away and say, God, because you're all called, you're all appointed, you're all set. So let's get our legs up. Let's move a little higher. Let's go a little faster. Let's not quit when it gets tough. Let's keep going. And so I don't know, Missy, if you have anything else on your heart, but I just want to spend a little bit of time with God today to ask him, what are those walls? What is that blessing that I need to beat down? What is it that you have for me today? And so we're going to give you a little time, and then we're going to pray, because some things are happening, and God is going to do things if you just open up your hearts today. I want to encourage you guys. We always say, you know, some people come up to get prayer, okay? The enemy is going to sit here and say, I mean, you don't necessarily have to come up, but we want to encourage you to come up here. If you honestly are fighting something, a battle that you just cannot shake, let me tell you something. When I went through anxiety and fear after I faced that, I, I don't know how many times I went to someone and said, I need you to start praying for me right now. Because it's attacking me, and I can't seem to shake it. I'm declaring the word of God. I am praying, but this feeling of anxiety, I can't shake it. Listen, when I texted them, it was the team, when I texted them, I said, you need to start praying. Later on that day, the anxiety lifted. That's what happens when you pray. You don't think, don't say, oh, I can't go up there. I don't want to get prayer because I don't want them to know what I'm struggling with. I don't care what you're struggling with. I'm not going to be focusing on what you're struggling with. Pastor Courtney is not going to focus on what you're struggling with. Pastor Jim and Jill are not going to focus on the struggle that you're struggling with. They're going to be focused on getting you delivered from it. Don't leave this place without coming up here and meeting for prayer. We don't judge. Let us lift you up. We need each other. We're family. If you, need, if you don't even want to say, you don't even have to say, this is what I'm struggling. Just say, I'm battling and I can't shake it. That's all you got to do. We'll fight the enemy for you. I'm, I'm mad. I'm ticked at him. I don't right. like him. And he knows it. Take back what he So if you're not, if you can't fight it and the enemy's attacking you, come to me. Because I want to attack him right back for you. Because we have the power to do it. So come up here. Don't leave without it. Isn't it awesome? God was talking to me, and I, and, I, and I told the Lord, no. I said, no, God, I, I don't want to do that. Did you ever do that to God? 
God tells you something, you say, no, 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 Lord, I can't do that. You know, God's talking to us right now. As Missy and Courtney just profoundly just shook my world and they, and they reminded me of something that it's all in his hands. We just have to, basically the bottom line is we just have to persevere and don't give up on what God's done in our heart, what he's done in our lives. He wants us to stay with him. He's asking us today, he's asking us to stay right by his side, to rely on him. And as crazy as it seems, we were just fooling around in practice with this um, Sam, Sam Smith song, Stay With Me. I, I have nothing except what God just gave me, and I'm, I'm going to share it with you because this is God singing to us. He wants his children to stay. Stay with me, children, stay with me. This is love, it's plain to see. Won't you stay with me? Now sing it to the Lord. Won't you? just a man and the circumstances don't seem to come to plan but I feel the love of the son of man he's saying closeness for a long time with the Lord and this is your day the girl said it, it's true there's a breakthrough and there's one who is stronger than your circumstances and he wants you to stay by his side come on now, don't be shy God wants to do something stay with me he said stay
Spirit, so would you come up and change these words for me? There is love that came to us, humble to a sinner's cross. You broke my shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious, faithfulness that can't be denied. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that set me free. Jesus Christ, who lives in me, you are stronger, you are stronger, sin is broken, you have saved me, it is written, Christ is risen, Jesus you Saudi and his family. Saudi lost his father this morning. His father passed away. And his father was actually in Iran. And uh, one of the hardest things is to have a family member, a loved member, pass without getting a chance to see them. And Saudi has not seen his family for some years. Being in the United States and being in Iran and France, it's hard to lose it. Who's ever lost a loved one? And you might have been right there beside them, and that's difficult. And there's times that you lost a loved one that you weren't even close to, you know, you weren't in the same room. Or, and I'll tell you, that's, that's a difficult thing because relationships are number one, aren't they, in our lives? Relationships are number one. Without it, what, what do we have? So we're going to lift up Saudi today. We're going to pray for his, his mom. Shaheem is her name. Shaheem is her name. So in your prayers, keep her in your prayers. You know what she said to Saudi? She said, I want to make sure that you let your church know that I want them to pray for my husband. Pray for him. And that's before he passed. So Saudi says, man, I could be there today. He wanted to be here. But he had some of his family from Akron come in Cleveland. And he said, maybe it's not. But you know what? It doesn't matter. As family, we're going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray for his family that even though they're in Iran, they're going to feel the presence of God today. And that peace that goes beyond understanding, the one that we need in our lives and we don't know what we're going to do. When anxiousness comes its way, peace is going to come. Walls of that will come down and peace is the reward of that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this family. Lift up Saudi right now who's having a difficult time right here. And, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit... would wrap its arms around him right now, that he'd feel your presence, God, the one who's going to sustain him and give him, Father, that hope he needs to get through these weeks to come and years to come. Hardest thing we have, Father, to face in our lives is losing loved ones. Hardest thing we'll ever face. God, we'd do anything to step in the way of losing our loved ones, but God, we know ultimately you're in control of all things. We thank you, Father, that we 
and come to you. And Lord, we lift up this family. We pray for Shaheem right now in Jesus' name that she would feel your presence, that, that God, you would open her eyes to new ways of Jesus today. And that, Lord, if anyone calls upon the name of Jesus, they shall be saved in any circumstance. Fear will leave and faith will come, Father. We thank you for that you remove the veil that we, before we could not see and we could not understand. And then when the veil is removed, we can understand and embrace you, Jesus, for who you really are. You're the comforter. You're the comforter. And anyone who's wearing burden, let them come to me and I will bring them rest. Father, we pray for rest over that family. May they know you in this circumstance. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in that family. We love Saudi. We love his family, Jen, and the boys. Father, we ask that you would be center of that today, that you lift them up and embrace them. They would recognize you in a whole different capacity today on how good you are, how good you are in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Be blessed today. Thank you, Pastor Courtney and Pastor Missy, for bringing the word today. <laughs> Praise the Lord.